Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. You never did tell me why you were looking at a pipe. Oh, because it's 70% off on those links on Amazon. (laughs) Sale, Martha. If well, it's I'm a deal, looking, she's saving I, money. I get that you're trying to save money, Keith, but... Well, see, here's the thing. It, I just, I clicked on the deals, and it was the third one after, like... Oh, okay, so it I was on the deals. I'm going, yes. Oh. So there's this promotions tab. Oh, you know those socks that say really terrible things that we yes, love? Yes, I love like, them. Fuck you, I'm reading. 73% off. <gasps> no way. Uh, we need to do yeah, our Christmas until list. Until 11 p.m. tonight. Yeah, because that it's not going to go up until. Well, you know, I need to order some stuff. Some of these deals are only for like a day. I Um, need to order some stuff from Amazon anyways, because, okay. Well, you want to order some weird socks? I'll send you the link. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I want some weird socks. No, but I need some sports bras. My problem with a sports bra is it's fine when you get it on. Let's get it on. So you get it on. Everything's it's good. So you get, weird. You get ready to work. <laughs> you get ready. You work out. You get all sweaty. And then you can't get it off. I know. That's why you got to have the clips. Because you try to roll that shit up and it gets stuck halfway across your boobs. Yeah, the and then all the circulation amazing. shuts off on your boobs and you're like, I'm never going to get out of this. Somebody call 911. Or if you're at all <laughs> damp say that again, on your body. What? Oh, you're trapped. I'm trapped in my sports bra. I can't get out. Booby trap. It's a booby trap. Did you just say booby trap? (laughs) Jamie said it. It was hysterical. (laughs) The funny thing. call it that. Well, and order the booby trap now for just nineteen ninety nine. Look at glamorize. Glamorize. Well, I found some that I like on Amazon, so I ordered some, and I ordered them the same size of the other sport bra that I have at home that somewhat fits me. And I got it and it's too fucking big. See, there's no universal size. We're all back to that thing where you need a, a body say. scan. I seriously like, put you know, this bra on and drove to the gym and my boobs had their workout before I even got there. <laughs> <laughs> They're not supposed to do that in a sports bra. They're supposed to be stationary. I had to like specifically pick things that I didn't lay down so my boob didn't flop out. <laughs> It was. It's a problem. So I need to get some smaller. Well, but, you, on the on the plus side, maybe you met could have met somebody there at the gym to say, "Hey, how yeah. you doing?" I, I saw think your boob flop out earlier. Kind of <laughs> cute. I think it'd be more like that King Kong picture that Keith sent us earlier, or you sent us earlier this week. that yep. they slide down. Well, you know, I I, I shared that picture, and Keith, you, I know you'll put this in the notes, right? So it's a picture sure. of. It's not King Kong. About? It's actually a Sasquatch. Oh, okay. It's a Bigfoot. And that's why I shared it, because I know Keith has a thing for Bigfoots. Oh, my gosh. Those are coming out of Bigfoot's breasts. I just thought you showed me a weird slide. No. <laughs> I didn't even... Keith! She's not even looking at what your stuff you anymore. What are you on, anyways? <laughs> I, I, ha- I have the biggest... 
the most crazy brain fog this week. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, okay. I think maybe she bought that 70% off. I will show everybody this bizarre okay, picture of this Bigfoot booby slide. I'm going to put that in my notes. Bigfoot booby slide. I wonder if I'll remember what that means. Yeah, it's like, it's like the, <laughs> from the pectoral muscles of the, of the Bigfoot, there's a slide coming down from each one. So, Well, the best thing is, is you crawl up his butt and go down his boobs. I like that. His? Hers. How do you know it's not a girl? Could be Hers. a girl. His, I don't know. I think it's a girl because those things are sagging something terrible. Yeah, maybe she's just a really old Bigfoot. Or she just has a lot of kids. She's had a lot of babies. Yeah. I mean, baby Sasquatch is probably a little hard on your boobs. I would think so. Bit. Maybe she needs a sports bra. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> she needs something. Well, I have one to recommend, but I'm saying you better size it down. <laughs> because it does Sports have the clips, Jamie, like what you said. The clips in the front? The clips in the front, because I don't want to have to try to reach back and clip something. <laughs> because you don't want to get sweaty. stuck in your sports while trying to get out of it? Or get into it. If you're at all damp, you put your sports bra on and you've had your workout and you're like, whew, it's kind of like putting on pantyhose. Worse than putting on <laughs> pantyhose. It's like putting on, it's like putting on leggings right out of the shower. Or in 100% humidity. Yeah, like today. Because... Because when I put these bad boys on, remember we were talking about... Um, uh, we were talking about shorts. You could the swimming shorts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I got these. These are these are like yoga shorts. Yeah. Because it's hot in my house, you know, and uh-huh. so I wanted something I can walk around the house in. It was like sausage cake. No, actually, it was when I got <laughs> home from my report, and it was like trying to put the biscuits back in the can after you <laughs> after you pop them out. <laughs> Like pushing everything in there and stretching it out. Like, you have God to tuck. Never good. Well, these, I thought they fit. And then I tried to put them on and it was. It's only because you were moist. I was moist. It was because I drove the girl Stop car. It. <laughs> you guys are shit. I'm going to talk about poignancy in books hey, if you don't quit it. Hey, she said moist, not me. That means you got to get her word. I was going to say damp, but you know. <laughs> I don't think Bonnie has told us her word. Has I don't think she has. No, if I have a word. She's like, I'm Everybody's not got a word. We just haven't found it yet. You know what? We need to introduce Jamie and then find out what her <gasps> word is. That's a good idea. I don't know what my word is. Jamie is a, a long have problems with words. Jamie's a longtime member of the tribe. She's been coming to the Friday night call since almost the beginning. It's almost the beginning, wasn't it? Yeah, it was last summer sometime. Yeah, yeah. And so she see we see her every Friday night, and we talk about books lately. She's been keeping the list for us, which is awesome. Master of the list. Master of the list. That used to be Keith, but now Keith has decided she wants to pass that along to somebody else. He's well, we did give her the website, and the website is the a list. lot. <laughs> yes. Tell us what your full name is for the record, please. Because Martha doesn't want to pronounce it. <laughs> Jamie ah. Chetrone. Chetrone. Okay. Chetrone. Yes. So where where do you live? We know it's someplace not here. Yeah. Um, I live uh, in Christiansburg, Virginia, which is uh, in Southwest Virginia. It's just outside of Blacksburg, which is where Virginia Tech is. Um, so a little college area here. Sweet. And you have the cutest little guy. How old is Max? <laughs> he is seven. And you have seven been- and a half. Seven and a half. You better not get that wrong. I know it's important. He's just a half. He's half a year away from the edge of, from the um, age of reason. 
Yeah. I'll just, Seriously? Yeah, the age of reason is eight. Did you know that? I thought the age of reason for boys was 28. For boys, Bonnie says it's 28. I was going to say, it's nowhere near eight because um, I've got all my kids are over eight, and I swear to God, they don't have No, I think when they're eight years old, they cognitively have started to, you know, put the world together in a way that they can really start to make connections. When they start conniving to get their way. Yes, they're they're much more aware of things, which is why I was about to give you condolences, Jamie. Oh, they're becoming jerks. Oh, yes. I gotcha. Yes. (laughs) That I agree. I was remembering something from my child psychology class all those years ago. Well, I'm just remembering something about when our sons were eight. Because oh my God, yes. Oh. That's mostly where I am. Yeah. Talk yeah. about the debate. You think it's bad at seven. You just wait a year. <laughs> they will try to reason with you and talk you into getting their way. And they'll try to use logic behind it because that's what Tyler always mm-hmm. did with me. Yeah. And he's like, well, if this and this, then why not this? I'm like, because I'm your mother and I said so. Go away. <laughs> I promised myself I would never say because I said so. But you, I, I sometimes you have game. to. You know what? I did a pretty good job of never saying those exact words. I may have said those exact words yesterday. <laughs> I still say those exact words. And my kids are way old. <laughs> uh, my son's 23, and I think I still say that. Oh, Jamie finally made it to the big time. How, how does it? I took notes. Oh, man. She took notes. Everybody takes notes when they very first we took I took notes when we first started. I remember I and still I still do it, Jamie. Mine is to find the book and read the synopsis so that I remember what the hell happened in the book. <laughs> I do because that. usually yeah. it's For, from Goodreads. Yeah. Usually it's a book that I've read like a couple of weeks ago. So I'm like, all right, okay, I remember it's like, what it's happens. It's like refreshing now. your memory. Well, sometimes when you read a book that has so much going on, you're just it's hard to put it together in your brain unless you read like the synopsis and then you're like, mm-hmm. then you're good. Bonnie, you're like me. You read like the same books in the same genre. Do you have the problem where sometimes books kind of interchange mm-hmm. in my mind? Yeah, I do. And I'm like, wait, did that happen in that book? No, it happened in that book. Yeah. Wait. Well, you know what my problem is, is that I go. <laughs> you have lots of problems. My biggest problem is that I go directly from one book to another with no stopping. By the time we get to the podcast, I'm four or five books down the line. I know I love that book, but why? <laughs> then See, you have yes, to back you up. have that problem. I have that problem as well, because you read, you'll like go weeks and not have a book that you liked. And then like what? While you were on vacation, you read like five books that you liked. I did. So now if you go in order... In like a month, you're going to forget yeah. the first book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what I started doing since I read? I only read about two books a week. I'm not like a super reader like Martha or Keith is. And so now what I've started doing is reading one book for fun and one book for the podcast. Oh, but how do you know which one you're going to like? That's not that's where well, I'm at. With the it. second the book that's non podcast is always something somebody else has already reviewed. Oh, one I that see. I want to reread because I go back and I reread my books I a know lot. You do like yeah. I'm reading the Ken Follick Century series over again right now. <laughs> you are Ken any baby throwing yet? Yay! Yay! No. <laughs> <laughs> There's no baby throwing in the Century series. 
I don't think. Yeah. That you know of. <laughs> I'm going to blame Martha for it because she texted me and told me that Ken Follett had a new book coming out. So then I started looking up Ken Follett and I was sad and I missed him. So I had to read some books. So wait, tell me about this Ken Follett book. Is it like one of uh, like, is it added on to a series he's already done? I don't know. It's a century series. So it's th- it's three books. What? I thought this new one was a standalone. Oh, the new one? Oh, I'm sorry. I think um, it's a standalone. It's a standalone. It's an adventure. It's not a historical fiction. It's no. a um, it's a thriller. Oh, so maybe it's not trauma porny, yeet the baby kind of book. Oh, it's probably that. Only fiction. I mean, I hope there's a little bit of trauma porn. I think there might be some espionage. It's just, some it's just contemporary trauma yeah, porn. Yeah, it's just yeah. regular day to day trauma porn, just not war <laughs> trauma porn. I thought you were asking me about the Century Series. I was like, let me tell no, you. No, we don't want to hear about that. That's a, that's, we'll save that for another day. We don't want to get you off on that. Uh... Okay, Vonnie, I love Ken Follett too. Do you? I have that Century Series on Audible, just waiting for a really long yeah, I'm I'm behind, but I I've liked almost everything of his that I've read. Yeah, I like the. You guys can have a Ken Follett love fest on another time. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to think if you could read him as a standalone. I don't know. I'll tell you after I read the second one again. We've lost Martha. Okay, so Bonnie, it's a book podcast. Work smells so bad. Yeah, why do you, why are you buying these charcoal odor magnet-y things? Um, maybe the the dead bodies that I keep in there for the people no. who don't like Ken Follett. <laughs> Martha, why don't you come over to my house for lunch sometime? Oh, yeah. I like, screw it, I'm bringing Ken Follett back into the conversation. <laughs> Ken! Hey, after all those serial killer books, I know what, what I know the score. No, I think it's just the house is an older house, so it just kind of has a musty smell. It smells like Are you sure damp. there are bodies in like the that place is was, too is small. You that was tall? No, dead bodies smell different than this. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, what is this? So wait a minute. A, why do you know that? <laughs> B, I'll tell you what. When I was in college, I had a turtle that died, and I didn't know what to do with it, so I kept it in my dorm room for a while. <laughs> And to this day, if something smells really, really bad, I'm like, oh, that is verging on dead turtle after six days smell or after 10 days smell. After a while, I hung it in a bag outside my dorm room window. Why didn't you just throw it in the trash? Go throw it in the dumpster. Turtle. I had to bury it. What was his name? Well, I had two turtles that died, but the one that decomposed for a long time, his name was Ziggy. Okay, so now we had this forever will be the reference. The dead that turtle we use. smell. I like the dead turtle better. <laughs> yeah, it does is it, better. Is it as bad as dead turtle? Seriously, dude. I say that all the time. No, People it's look not. At me like I'm crazy. And it's not a bad smell. It's just every once in a while you get a little bit of the musty smell, and I don't like it. It's a mildewy smell. And it could just be because we've gotten so much rain this year, too. Martha can smell anything. She could probably stand outside oh, of my right. house and know whether or not I have a candle in the living room. I can. Martha's a super smeller. Yeah. But it's mostly... Stay about, away from my house. It's mostly, about, it's mostly about scents, though. You know, like candles or air fresheners or laundry detergent. Yeah. Anything that has like a perfumey smell. Guys, the last time, I can't remember which podcast we, we did it because we were time traveling for like the last, what? Like four we, weeks. we did time travel for like a month. 
Yeah. We did. We did four episodes. Do you remember how we talked about that, that sex life or whatever show? And like, we talked about season, season one, episode three, like it, minute 19 and 50 yeah there was that dude and we and you saw his like his his junk downstairs proboscis or whatever (laughs) no that's a prosthetic we started a trend because it probably wasn't us but everybody else had the same idea because like i even so the today show like hoda and um oh jenna jenna thank you there's like a clip of them looking at it for the first hey, time. Hey, so all these people we did it for the first we time started and they capture it. their reactions. Hey, it's maybe hysterical. Maybe Hoda and and Jenna are listeners of us. Maybe Hoda and Jenna. When you saw that prosthetic, the look on Hoda's face was hysterical. <laughs> she looks like. Good Lord, get that thing away from me right now. People's noses grow bigger as they grow older. So I, mine's only going to get more substantial as I as I get, That's get older. That's not true. That's true. It's going to grow longer. It grows with your face, right? Your face doesn't keep growing your whole life. Only your, only your, nose, your, nose, and your nose and your ears. Look it up. Oh, shit. Why are you making me look up all this shit? <laughs> God, I don't want an education. It's like my day off. I'm gonna give Keith an existential crisis. <laughs> Seriously. Hey, I want to share my existential crisis. I shouldn't have to have one on my own. I was having one oh, earlier. Are still growing? I was watching uh, World War Z when I came, you know, because I like to occasionally just check in on the TV and make sure the world hasn't exploded. And World War Z was on. Oh, wait, you were watching World War Z? It's the same as the, the news. It's the same as the news these days. So, and, and then I got to thinking, you know, since COVID kind of causes an, a cognitive decline, maybe this is the beginning of the zombie apocalypse. Is that why I have the brain fog? COVID I think it might destroyed be. destroyed my brain? Yeah. Shit. Zombie apocalypse is already here, you guys. Well, you guys all better start masking up because if I get COVID too many more times, I'm going to be like a walking vegetable. Well, all I got to say is cardio. We got to get working Wait, on it. What? The first rule in the zombie it's apocalypse. The first rule of the zombie apocalypse. Cardio. cardio. Oh, why do you car- think? Okay. Why do you think I started I don't, going I don't to think the you gym? You can outrun those. Uh, World War Z's. Yeah, those ones are pretty fast. Those are are quick. Those are really scary. I think we'd be better off with the double tap. Where you got to shoot twice. Mm -hmm. Double Double tap. tap. Double tap. Double tap. Yep. Yeah. Try that instead. Everybody go buy guns. No. See, I kind of thought double t- <laughs> double tap was a sexual thing. Then I watch Zombieland, and then I'm like, God, oh, I love okay. that show so much. Yeah, I, I like Zombieland. World War Z is that, not my. Kind I, of I'm thing, telling you, though. I should never have turned that on because all of a sudden I got really freaked out. After talking to the guy, the lead epidemiologist at the Oklahoma City County Health Department, and he sounded worried. That's pretty freaky, guys. That's yeah, pretty goddamn freaky. Hope- I'm going to hope that he wasn't World War Z freaked out. No, yeah, he wasn't no, no, worried no. about a zombie. No, he was no like he's not worried about zombies, but what he is worried about is... Like Black Death freaked out. No, he's not Black Death freaked out. He's freaked out because he knows that people are not going to heed the warnings and we're going to end up seeing this thing mutate again and it'll probably get worse. And if it gets worse, then the people who are already vaccinated... 
they're already won't saying be protected and they're already saying we might have to get a third shot yeah i know i know i'm not worried about getting it i'll get shots all day long i don't care it's just we that- introverts are gonna take over the freaking world Woo! it's gonna be me and all my other shy folk in the world <laughs> the shy folk taking it over won't be any more war because we nope. like because they'll be like just read a book Chill. You're like what you want me to as long go as over, Amazon still go over works, there and shoot no nah, i'm good here <laughs> we can work it out through zoom does it require hard pants does it require pants can i do it in yoga pants and flip-flops then i'm i'm maybe <sighs> if there's coffee there'll always be room on the penis shaped rocket and we could go up into space only if you're a billionaire. Yeah. That thing so looked like a penis. It I'm so surprised like, that nobody and, else said anything and, about oh, it. They did. But not only There's does it no look like a penis, it looks like a penis ejaculating because <laughs> because the top part comes off and goes up into space. Come on. Nobody I, else I don't think that's that? how that works. Well. Kind of. Well, usually the whole top of the penis doesn't come out when they ejaculate. Well, yeah, that's... I'm sitting here thinking, did the smoke come out the top? What? what? Yeah. Why does it look like an ejaculation? Well, if you had a detachable penis, that would happen. You and the detachable penis, man, you're never gonna let that. I'm go. never letting it go. No, unless it well, detaches. <laughs> now they make a penis rocket. That's got to be next, right? All right, let's let's quickly hit. The highlights, our upcoming live event at in Boulder at Trident Booksellers and Cafe on August 14th from noon to two. We would love to see you there. We're all going to be there and we're so excited. Yay! It's going to be fun. I at, can't wait. And we're going to paint the town blue because we don't do red in this podcast. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we need a little lube for Vani to slide Holy into her shit. view. <laughs> That's more, I need somewhere to slide see, my that's more penis-shaped rocket. To my kind of book. Not <laughs> kind of book. Yeah, there's not very much sex in my book. Oh. Unlike the Follett book, that I'm like reading at work, thinking, "Holy shit, maybe I should be reading it with a glass of wine in bed." <laughs> <laughs> you go, Ken Follett. <laughs> Ken Follett, I might be giving you another chance. Honey. <laughs> What I read this week was actually recommended by someone from the tribe. I can't remember who because it was a while back. Um, it was called The Woman of Chateau Lafayette by Stephanie Dre. Sounds like... It might have been Shona, Shona Gibson. Yeah, it sounds like Shona G. Sounds like a Shona G book. It, we actually read both read a lot of historical fiction. So I actually started it once and had to restart it again because I kind of got lost a little. Because I did the audio and I ran out of time at the library. <laughs> so I had to order it again. But it's set in three different timelines. The first timeline that it's set in is uh, 1774. And um, I want to say that it's France. Just by the Chateau Lafayette. That's French, right? Okay. And um, Adrienne Lafayette, it kind of talks about her kind of growing up. She's already almost a grown-up when this starts, but she gets married super young, so young that she has to, her and her husband have to live with her parents because she's not old enough to make her own decisions yet, which is weird to me because why would you get married if you can't make your own decisions yet? But we are also talking about 1774. But this gentleman that she married is kind of an idealistic fellow, very revolutionary 
believes in the rights of the lower class and people of different ethnicities. And um, he goes against his father-in-law's wishes and actually goes over to America to fight in the Revolutionary War. He also had a lot to do in the uh, Revolutionary War of France after the Revolutionary War of America. So he was a little bit of a troublemaker, a little bit of a potster. And the Chateau Lafayette, which is after the name of the book, is actually the castle where they live. So it kind of gives you an idea of like where the whole story started. And then the second timeline is in 1914, and it's about a New York socialite named Beatrice Chandler, who is married to a rich family. She um, kind of does a lot for the war efforts, and she starts a school for misplaced children because of World War One, called the Women of Chateau Lafayette. So you kind of see how this is going. You're kind of introduced to the castle itself and the family who lives in it originally. And then you're kind of introduced to how this became a school for children. And then the third timeline is during World War II. And it's already a school for children. And it is about a girl named Marta who has is an orphan and she's lived at the Chateau Lafayette her whole life. And she becomes a teacher once she's an adult. Hmm. And it's about her efforts during the war, what she does to try to protect Jewish children who have come to the school and, and different things like that. So there's a lot going on in this book. It's kind of hard to touch on each point. Um, I really liked the character Adrienne Lafayette. She was an extremely strong woman, especially for her time. She definitely stuck by her revolutionary husband more than most women probably would. And I really liked Marta's character in 1940. Um, Being that she was an orphan, I mean, and she kind of brought herself up off of that or out of that situation by becoming a teacher and trying to she kind of helped other kids to give them more opportunity than maybe that she had when she was younger. So Beatrice Chandler, I didn't really like her character. <laughs> she was, I mean, she was a aristocrat. Well, I don't know. A socialite. She was rich. And yes, she did a lot for the war effort. She started this school. So she had a lot of really great characters. But the only thing that it seems like they talk about is that she's always shopping for a hat and always talking about how she can't find her hats. And I'm like, what the fuck? Give up the hats. I don't even understand what you're talking about right now. Oh, my now. God. I really have to have that designer purse. Yeah. And to be fair, she is born into a poor family. So she's poor and raises herself you know, out of it and marries this Chandler guy, which is another thing is her marriage isn't really the greatest in the world. Yes, she loved her husband. I'm not going to say anything about that. But she also married him so that she could be a different person. Which is hats. Which is not a reason to get married, right? So she can buy more fucking hats. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, her whole character just seemed a little 
yeah. surfacey for me. You know me, I like deep, I like trauma. You gotta right. have something, some kind of. She didn't need enough therapy for me, apparently. I, <laughs> I mean, and she did great things. So she, it's not that she was a horrible person. She wasn't. I mean, she did a lot of wonderful things, which if you read the book, you'll find out. And I'm sure that it's just me who can't connect to this specific person because I guess I don't wear enough hats. Or maybe it's a reference to her changing her hats because she changes her personality so much. I don't know. Whatever it is, I See, just didn't care. Deep. But it was still a little... I still liked the first and last timeline better than I did the middle timeline. But it was still a really good book. I'm not sorry that I read it. It was a little bit longer than what I thought it would be. So I was ready to be done with it by the time it was done. I want to say it was like 24 hours on the audio. Wow. So it was it was a little bit of a commitment. But I guess yeah, I would it's... give it... I would give it a four... Four and a half. So worth reading. And that was called The Woman of Chateau Lafayette by Stephanie Dre. Yeah, that is a long book. It's like almost 600 pages. Yum. And and see, when I started reading it, when I got it from the library, (laughs) to be fair, I had just reread another book that I really love. And then I started this. And when you go from a book that you really love... Um. And we've mm-hmm. talked about this before yeah. to this other book that you're not really connecting with the characters very well. It's just sometimes it's a chore. But when I rechecked it out the second time and started listening to it, I was a little far away from that other book. Yeah. So I enjoyed it more the second time. The book time. hangover is really hard it's to real. overcome with certain kinds of books. I mean, it's really hard to jump into another super serious book when you've just read. Yeah, I usually have to change genres. Yeah. Yeah, cleanse your palate a bit. Mm -hmm. So, and That's when smut is good. Right. I needed a good dirty book. (laughs) Yes. But instead, I just jumped right into another super serious. Mm. That's who we love. I needed some little brown chicken brown cow. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of brown chicken brown cow, who who has the smuttier of the two? Keith or it's mine. Oh, okay. Yeah, mine is not smutty at all. Oh. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll save Jamie for for afters then. We'll go right for to Keith. For reference, it's always going to be my book. That is true. Not always. Every once in a while, you, you do know, a one poignant of these days, book. One of these days, I just half expect you to rip your shirt off and have pasties on your nipples or something. <laughs> this is to you. Is that what you want? <laughs> I can do that. Live Come on. Yes. No, She's no. waiting until we're in Colorado. Come for the pasties. I'm going to make sure that the shirts that we're going to wear are easily tear away. Mr. Keith would be like, what the hell is happening? (laughs) So I have a question for you, Keith, talking about Mr. Keith. So um, if I were to make a willy warmer, would he be offended if I gave you a willy warmer? If you did it in front of all the book girls, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not like I'm going to ask him to wear it. And not gonna be a, should I make it expandable? Like the center of attention. <laughs> he doesn't want to be the center of attention. He's like Ron. So don't don't yeah. call him out in public. You'll be fine. And should yes, I make it expandable? It like out of in course the course you like, should make it expandable. It should have it should have ruching on the side. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can make it ribbed for her pleasure. 
please do. Yeah, I don't know about that yarn. You know, that might be good. <laughs> they have soft yarn. Seems unsanitary. Yeah, it yeah. does kind well, of. Yeah. It is machine I'm washable. Come to Bonnie and be like, um, hey, I have a rash and it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't tell Bunker, you to keep it on. Listen, it's, it's a Willy Warnum warmer, not a condom. I'm just saying. <laughs> For external well, usage only. Have to be ribbed. All right, Keith. So now that you've like, warmed, now that we've had the foreplay, let's have the main event. Ooh, that was That's good. all the foreplay we get? For now, yeah. Sometimes Damn. you don't need that much, Bonnie. It might be a wham bam, thank you, ma'am, kind of day. It might be up against the wall in the closet kind of thing. Is that why Supp- we need the charcoal thingy? Supply <laughs> closet. <laughs> Back only- in the UPS truck, you know. <laughs> We've already been, we've already visited that. (laughs) That only happened one time. (laughs) Tight brown shirt. It was only one time and he never called again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what do you got? So like Vonnie's book, my book has an awful lot going on. I mean, it's smutty, but there's a lot going on. So I read Welcome to Temptation by Jennifer Cruzy. And let me just start by saying this was, sometimes you guys ask me like, oh, what was the book that got you into romance? I was thinking about it. This was the first adult romance I ever read. Wow. Like, we're not counting flowers in the attic when I was 12. I read that too, so. (laughs) And that wasn't romance. That was like incest and trauma. I think all the girls of our age read that thing. Welcome to Gen X. That's very good, Jamie. That is so true. So true. We're all fucked up, and here's why. Thanks, Flowers in the Attic. Uh, But this this was the first book I read as an adult that was a romance. Uh, She quickly became my favorite author, and this is that book that I go back to, like, over and over. I have a hardback copy. I have it on Kindle in two different editions. I have it on paperback. You know, it's that kind of book for me. So this book takes place in a little tiny town called Temptation, Ohio. It's in the southern part of Ohio, and it's like this rinky-dick kind of town in the middle of nowhere. And so these two sisters, their names are Sophie and Amy Dempsey, and uh, they come from Cincinnati, and they are wedding uh, videographers. And this woman, she's like not a B-list actor. Is there lower than that, like a D-list actor? I would say, yeah, the straight to video. Yes, D-list is a thing. D-list, that would be like uh, public access. This woman, her name's Clea, and she was in like one movie, and it did pretty well. So she is the star of this tiny little town. Like, she's the only one that ever made it out and made anything of herself, such as it is. So she's going back to her tiny little town because... She made a movie like 10 years ago and then nothing else except one porno. And uh, so she's going back to town to do a document, a documentary, I say. About the porno? No, about her (laughs) and like her life, because she thinks that this documentary made by these wedding videographers, if she does it right, is going to be like her claim to fame and it's going to shoot her back in out of obscurity i guess Uh, uh. so they're driving into this little town they don't the sisters don't really know what they're getting into and the first thing they see as they hit the welcome to temptation sign is this huge water tower 
and it's shaped like a big old penis and it's peach colored. The peach and penis. Okay. Yeah. And they're looking at it and they're like, what? And as they're staring at it, wondering what the hell this thing is, they get into a car accident. Oh, oh that sucks. Yeah. So can you imagine explaining little, like, that to your insurance company? Right. Mm-hmm. There was a giant penis. Fender bender, and it's with the big wigs in town. And like any town, it's like the people up on the hill are the richies. And then there's the lower people by the river. And they're the people that don't have as much. These girls have always been like the poor kids. They grew up like with a like a grifter dad. And so they're they're a con artist kind of family. And so they come into town, they get to Clea's house and they're going to start doing this documentary. Well, because they're into this accident, the mayor and the sheriff come to pay them a visit because they hit big wigs in the town. And of course, the mayor's like a good looking guy. and He and Sophie kind of hit it off. Well, the documentary, it turns out that nobody really cares about Clea's life. Imagine and the documentary, that. I know, right? The documentary really slowly and strangely turns into a porno. <laughs> Why did I know that was coming? (laughs) So Sophie is the older straight-laced sister. She just wants to, like, take a video and do a documentary. And her little sister, she's always been, like, her mother because their mom died early. And her little sister's like, please, this is my big break. It's to, like, (laughs) making movies. So poor Sophie is always the one that looks after everybody. And Finn, the good-looking mayor, is the guy who kind of comes to her and is like, you have always taken care of other people. Who takes care of you? So that's kind of how their relationship starts off. He just wants to introduce her, the straight-laced one, into all sorts of fun debauchery, Mm -hmm. friends with benefits sort of thing, if you will. So much happens in this book. I can't even really do it justice by explaining any of it. So just suffice to say, there are these insanely quirky characters. None of them are really like good guys. Like they're all really flawed and they all have these weird, stupid skeletons in their closet. Not anything big, but just stupid crap that they've done that they're not proud of. Um, It turns into like a murder mystery (laughs) because somebody gets knocked off and everybody in the town has a motive for knocking the dude off. So it's one of those things. It's got a lot of love scenes, but it's not one of, it's a very steamy and there's like a lot of buildup into the love scenes, but it's not like pages and pages of like, oh, the throbbing member, la la la. It's more like a buildup. And then like, then there's all this insanely snarky banter. Martha, you would die if it wasn't a romance book. Have you ever seen soap? Yes. It's like a crazy manic episode of soap. It's like the craziest, (laughs) twistiest soap opera with the dumbest people who make the stupidest mistakes and say the dumbest things. (laughs) Sounds like my childhood. (laughs) It's just happy, snarky, freaky, small town people with small town minds saying stupid ass stuff and acting like their stuff is so important. They have town meetings all the time and you listen in on them and their big conversations are, 
hey, we got to paint the big penis of a water tower. The penis water tower changes color several times throughout the book, <laughs> and each change is funnier than the last. It's just so lighthearted, hysterical. It does not take itself very seriously. And yeah, it has some decent smut in it. Hmm. And I love it. Awesome. And that's Welcome to Temptation by Jennifer Cruz. I think she writes true rom-coms. Yeah. Her stuff is always funny. They are. You are exactly right, Jamie. They are the epitome of rom-com. Heavy on the calm. Heavy on the calm. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie, are you ready? I am. So I'm going to talk about um, Foretold. It is by debut author Violet Lumani. It's the first in a series, and it is a contemporary YA fantasy. It's set in New York City, so it's really kind of a low fantasy. There's not a lot of magical creatures, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But our main character is Cassie. She's 16 years old. She lives with her father. Uh, Her mother died a few years ago of cancer, and it's the last day of school. And so when we meet her, she is standing outside of school, getting ready to cross the street. And she starts having an OCD attack. She has really severe OCD. Uh, So she's kind of standing there trying to calm herself down and, you know, so she can get home. And she sees across the street, this boy that she doesn't know, but seems to know her and is kind of, you know, kind of trying to communicate with her, who then gets hit and killed (gasps) by a car. Holy shit. Well, then she kind of comes to and realizes that it wasn't real. It was all a vision. It kind of freaks her out. But she's used to seeing these, she's used to having these, you know, intrusive thoughts, these catastrophic thoughts, but they're not usually about, they're usually about people she knows, not about people she doesn't know. So when she gets home, lo and behold, she discovers she has some people moving in next door to her, and one of them is this boy that she just saw in her vision. His name is Colin, and she's like, well, maybe, you know, she's 16, he's 16, you know, they're going to get to know each other as teenagers do in close proximity. But she's feeling very unsettled about this vision because she also saw a vision of her, her mother dying. And then, of course, that came true. So she doesn't really understand, you know, it doesn't really help these catastrophic thoughts if they then come true. So now the problem is, you know, what is she going to do for the summer? You know, she needs to get a job. Her aunt comes by and has offered her an internship, but her dad really doesn't want her hanging out with her aunt and doesn't never really explains why, but isn't really that excited about her working with her. So Cass strikes off to try to find a job herself. And there's sort of a series of events that bring her to this alleyway that she doesn't really know. And there her aunt is kind of waiting for her. And she brings her into where she works, which is right there. And it's this place called the Theban Group. And the thing about the Theban Group is it is a group of scryers. They all can see the future in different ways. Some of them, um, you know, they read tea leaves. Some people read crystal balls. Some people, you know, see things in mirrors or in water or there's dream interpretation. But what this place is, 
is um, not only a business, but it's also a training ground. It's a school for, uh, you know, the young people to come in and learn how to hone their gift. So their their cover story is that they, they sell insurance and risk management products because what else would you do when you can see the future? I was just going to ask about that is, is if <laughs> yeah. this was the legit wackadoo business or <laughs> if it was a front. So, so no, they, I mean, they legitimately sell insurance okay. and develop products and things, but it's because, you know, it's a little more cover than maybe trying to win the lottery and survive off that. So she's reluctant to kind of join in because she knows how her dad feels about her aunt. But in the back of her mind, she's thinking, well, if I can learn how to use this gift that I apparently have, maybe I can make it so that Colin doesn't get hit by this car and die. So her goal is, if I can see the future, can I change the future and save his life? So the the story is of her going through this training and there's a good supporting cast of of characters. She meets some friends on the first day, um, kind of on the bus on the way there. She they tell her her father that she's going to some summer camp upstate and that's where he thinks she is. And sort of the thing that they're all working towards is at the end of their training, there's this magical center to the building it's called the the coil and it kind of helps power their you know what they can do and supports them and it creates the magical properties of the building and and stuff like they can go to their room and whatever they picture their room as is is what it looks like so at the end of their training they have to form a team and do this thing called the coil walks it's kind of like a magical labyrinth so her her plan is to get through this coil walk and then, you know, hopefully along the way, figure out how to change the future. But there's the good supporting characters. There's a lot of roots in Albanian and Balkan folklore. There's some Roma influences in there. And something that I think she does a really good job as is it's, I think it's the really realistic portrayal of OCD. It's not just about, you know, straightening things on shelves or checking to make sure the door is locked or, you know, washing your hands a lot. It's, it's really about the intrusive thoughts and the anxiety that are behind the impulses. Um, and the, the author suffers from OCD. She has OCD. So she, you know, really was able to tap into that and, and make it realistic. So it's something I enjoyed. I look forward to the the second book that I think is coming out sometime next year. And that was Foretold by Violet Lumani. And it's a debut. So it is a debut. Uh-huh. You're going to need to keep that copy and get that bad boy signed. It sounds actually pretty good. Did it have a lot of romance in it? Just very little bit. It might be coming in future books, though. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with Jamie. I'm reading it now. And that's exactly what I would have said if Jamie hadn't said it. She does an amazing job of describing mental illness in a really real way, as opposed to the stereotypical way that you see in movies or sometimes other books. That's always good, too. And sometimes what I find interesting is that occasionally when you're reading about a character like that, you recognize yourself. You recognize some of the things that you do that you never considered odd. (laughs) And you're like, hey, 
I do. I kind of do that. <laughs> and she she talks about things like you know how her nails are not nice because she picks at them, and how her hands, the skin on her hands, are you know it's kind of raw. Sometimes she you know she pulls her hair and stuff. So it, she really digs into the full aspect of it. I pull my hair. I'll see, pull my see hair. what I'm saying is you, you find that you, you, you see that you see some things. That's actually one of the things that I love the most about reading is that it makes you feel less alone mm-hmm. because you can relate to certain parts of people's lives that they put into their books, whether they're observing other people or whether they're putting their personal experiences in as part of it. It helps the reader to feel connected and normal in their own way. Which is why reading is so awesome. Agreed. Um, well, I'm going to really just turn the boat over. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys what don't mind. We do. Surprise. Yeah. The book I'm going to review is also a debut, debut novel. It's called Night Bitch by Rachel Yoder. And it's probably one of the most unique books I have ever read. But in a way that it's really hard for me to describe. In some ways, it kind of reminds me of, what was the name of that book with Kafka, where where the guy turns into a cockroach? You remember that one? It's a classic transformation or, but but this is way better than that. The only reason that I- Metamorphosis. Thank you. Okay, the only reason that I compare it, even just in passing, is that, it does have some super bizarre elements to it that if you aren't willing to buy into it, you're not going to like this book. One of the things in the description that it talks about is it talks about this woman thinks she's turning into a dog. I don't know. I, I guess when I, when I read the description, I thought, okay, that's hilarious. You know, that, that's going to be funny. But you know what? It wasn't. It wasn't funny because this woman who was an artist, she's obviously a very creative person, and she's just had a child. And when the book begins, she's talking about being at work and pumping and pumping and pumping. And she's talking about the difficulties of going back to work after you've had a child and how hard it is to leave the baby. So they make the decision for her to stay home and she begins experiencing all of these really bizarre things. It starts out as she's she's talking about how she feels like she's getting these really coarse hairs on the back of her neck. And she's really freaked out about it. And so she she talks to her husband about it. Her husband just I think the the best thing about the, the entire thing, if I were to like totally deconstruct it, I would say the husband in this book is the best because through all the stuff she's going through, through all of her difficulties, he does not give her any shit or any trouble about any of the stuff she's going through. He's a total great guy through the entire thing. And you hardly ever see that in a book like this. She is really having an existential crisis. She thinks she's becoming a dog. She goes through, you know, her increasing sense of smell where she can smell 
you know, all of these things. She goes out at night after everybody's asleep and runs around the neighborhood naked and does all this really bizarre shit. And she comes back in and she's all dirty and she talks about how her husband just helps her take a shower and, you know, they make love and <laughs> they're bad. Do they do it doggy style? Because that's a turn off. Obviously. <laughs> I think that if you take it literally, you're totally going to get completely sidelined to the real meaning of this book, in my opinion. And that is the difficulty and the changes that you go through when you become a parent. Having gone through some similar things, not the dog thing, obviously, it was something a little different for me, but... Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, yeah. You know, all women go through that. I call it the disappearing, where you give up yourself to become a parent, to become a mom. And especially if you happen to be a very gregarious, outgoing, outgoing, creative person to begin with, it's really, really hard. And I didn't give birth to my son, but I still went through a lot of the same things that she went through because I gave up my job and, you know, I was staying at home with this baby and I lost myself for a while. And she does a really fantastic job of talking about how hard it is to make connections with other people because she's going to these mommy groups and she kind of describes, I mean, I don't know if any of you guys ever tried to like, I know you did. Oh yeah. I, had I know a, you had a hard time. I had a that. really hard time trying to make friends cause I'm weird anyway. <laughs> yup. And so all these normal mommies would get together, you know, and here's me over here going, okay, A, I don't want to talk about pregnancy because, you know, I didn't give birth. So that was kind of hard. B, I don't want to talk about soap operas or, you know, The Bachelor because I have no interest in that. Could we talk about books? And the answer was, oh, I just don't have time to read. So I couldn't make any connections. That creativity um, type personality is very, it's very difficult for us to make friends. And so that's part of the reason I was able to really connect with her. There's even a section in there where she goes to a multi-level marketing party. Oh, dear. And I actually went to a ton of those when Dylan was little because it was my only outlet. Yeah. I'm not a churchgoer, so I had no buddy to connect with in in that sort of a community I would you know we were traveling with my husband there was no connection there so those multi-level marketing things are are really seductive to young mothers because they want so badly to have something for themselves at that point and she did such a good job of portraying that you know group of people and she sort of wove it into her story. I know I'm being a little vague about the story, but honestly, you just have to read the book for yourself. It's one of those that, yeah, there's a beginning, middle, and end, but it's also strange that it's hard to really describe. Yeah, she's turning into a dog, and her kid starts to act like a dog, and she lets him sleep in a kennel for a while. Well, kids kind of go through those weird they stages do. anyways. They really where- do. They want to sleep in like... I mean, I could see my kid asking to sleep in a couch. Yes. And and if you're a parent, you get that. 
But if you're trying to explain it out loud, it's like trying to explain a dream. You know, people Uh look at you like you have three heads and they're like, holy fuck, really? You do that? You know, and and that's what this. worry if they're going to turn you in. Yes. 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 (laughs) That's what this book felt like to me. It felt like that journey of motherhood that nobody ever talks about and the inappropriate feelings you get while you're trying to transform yourself into another person because you have to when you become a mom. Man, this girl's brilliant. And that's all I have to say about that. There are people who hate this book. And there are people who love this book, but there's hardly anybody in between. Because it's so fucking weird. But the, oh my gosh. She is an artist. And the ending was just perfect. Based on, you know, the way, the transformation that this girl makes throughout the story. So if you are really up for a challenge and you want to put a book on your shelf that's going to be a modern classic, in my opinion, you will pick up Night Bitch by Rachel Yoder. And if you're lucky enough to get it signed, hang on to it because I just have a feeling about this one. That she's going to be something. Martha gave it five stars. That's incredible. Not only did I give it five, five stars, the minute I finished it, I tweeted the author. And I'm the minute I finished it, it was fantastic because it was strange. I'm not going to mince words on that. You like strange. I love strange. It was it was more like um, uh, experimental fiction, almost like a performance piece. And I did notice when I was reading about it after I finished it that it is going to be a movie. Amy Adams is going to play the main character. Oh, wow. That was quick. That I must, know. It must see, be see? amazing. I didn't really realize that before I read it. I put it on hold from the library months ago when I saw it come up. I didn't read it. That's usually how I do it. I just read the description and go, holy fuck, that's going to be great. Put it on hold. Listen to it cold. And the minute I finished, I tweeted the author. And then I started looking stuff up going, wow, I'm not the only one that likes this. This is going to be great. So I loved it. It's going to create a conversation, and that's what you need for a book. Though. Well, it will create a conversation, but there's going to yeah. be a lot of judgy, judgy bitches. Especially if, for it's, the people who if it's young mothers it. who joined a book club so that they could connect with you people. Yeah, I wish they would, and I hope that it can be that. I hope that the conversations that come out of it are those kinds of conversations. If you take it at face value, that's not what you're going to get from it. I think it's a deeper conversation than the surface of what the book is actually saying and doing because it's so freaking weird. I don't know, but you know what? It kind of made made me want to eat a raw steak. Mm. And howl a little bit, you know? You don't even like dogs. I really Watch don't. out, Martha's neighborhood. She's going to be running around naked. Nice. Yeah. Gonna howl at the moon. You have a pretty, your block is pretty substantial. You'd you might have to walk half of that. I need some cardio first. <laughs> I need some cardio before I go run around. You better go to the gym a little bit with me first. Plus, there are so many dudes with guns around here. I'd be a little scared. Yeah. They'd yeah, see you run and think, think like you're a, a deer. Yeah. They'd shoot me. they go, oh, she looks unhinged. Is there a zombie apocalypse? Bang. Of course, if I ran around the block naked right now, people might think I am a dog because my legs are so hairy. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! How much you use that zapper thing that you bought yet? No, I keep 
I haven't had a chance. You just buy Funny. things and then don't tell us how they work. That's well, mean. I because I buy things and then they sit and I look at them for a long time before I actually try them because I'm All scared. All you gotta do is go in the bathroom uh. and shut the door and just try a little patch. What you really need, Vonnie, is a test patch. Meaning you could do that in just this this quick. You could just go, okay, I'm going to take this section of my leg hair and just do a little square right here. But see, Bonnie, I need to know if I should purchase this laser or not. I know. I'll, because, will, I will. As you I know, will. I'm obsessed with razors. <laughs> now, don't forget, if you want to look at the laser thing, we'll put the link back up on our website. If you click our link and you buy something through that link, we get credit for it. So we really appreciate if you buy something to go through our link to do it. Because that would yeah, be you're fun. buying stuff from Amazon anyway. So you might as well give us credit for it. We, you, know. you could click on the laser and then decide to go and buy, I don't know, odor beads for your dead turtle. For the six day <laughs> dead t- turtle smell. You got to get those scent beads in case your kid's turtle died and crawled behind the. Or get the air magnet ones. Those if you don't like a lot of smell. Get the air magnet. If you like, what's an air magnet? What are you talking it's, about? It's another one of those little the scent thing odor things. Oh. Yeah, those are the ones I have in my closet. Hmm. And if I kill somebody, I want to do it somewhere where there's a drain because oh, it's easier yeah. cleaning. Yeah, yeah, because you know they practical. That yeah. walk-in shower comes in very handy for it. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> yeah, talk about this. Uh, the uh, uh, what do you call that? The sympathetic serial killer. No he, one would ever expect. Nope. He just show you something in my shower. My shower has a drip. Can you fix it? Here's a wrench to the back you of the neck. You don't offer him the wrench. That's what you off him with. No. It's in there. No, you give Bend him the over. wrench. You give him the wrench and you, then you shiv him or something. <laughs> shiv him? Well, I, I'm just, I'm with spitballing what? here. I don't know. I have brush to... that you like whittle? <laughs> I, just, I, have a, I have a shiv on the back of my toothbrushes. I just say. Wa- I just re- listened to this really gory. You never know when you're brushing novel. your teeth and you have to a zombie behind you. <laughs> Bad guy has this, they call it a wicked little knife. And for some reason I'm picturing this shiv. Oh. <laughs> shiv I mean, this isn't, that's this isn't prison. Shiv. Well, that's true. <laughs> it's not prison. I wouldn't be asking somebody in the shower in prison. That means something completely different. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's when you need your soap on a rope. <laughs> Thunk. <laughs> Don't drop it. <laughs> Is that the same for women, though? Dropping the soap? No, it's not the same it's thing. It's a little different. Yeah. If you're in a women's no. prison, you just get the yeah. shit kicked out of you. Maybe use a, an object hmm. another use for the shiv <laughs> oh god damn funny one end it's a shiv and the other end is for your pleasure <laughs> they want to they want to help you shave i'm a little scared by this whole conversation this is not funny it's frightening it's on your point of view this is a razor bow at the end of the- <laughs> barbed wire bow yeah let's put a barbed wire bow on the end of this episode shall we that's gonna do it for three Three book book girls girls. can't get enough of three book girls check them out on facebook twitter and instagram follow them on tiktok youtube and check out their website at threebookgirls.com and join the group three book girls tribe on facebook 
If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.